You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.mbcocala.com. All right. I don't know if you heard it yet or not, but I'm a (laughs) grandpa. Uh, And bear with us, okay? Because we'll probably tell you again. And on Sunday, we'll probably have some more fresh pictures, okay? So, and we're going to do that the rest of his life. Ever. Uh, just teasing. How many of you were with us last Wednesday night? We um, anointed with oil almost 800 people last Wednesday night. And uh, I believe God gets glory. We taught about the importance of that, what that means, uh, how God set that up for us. And uh, I've received a number of reports. I'll be honest with you. I've been out of the office this week uh, for certain reasons. Uh, but I've heard from a number of people, uh, I heard from, uh, two different people that it's just like, they felt like something had centered up in them and their level of peace and joy was stronger. I've heard from several that pain has gone, pain has left their body. And so we're just thankful that, that, that weakness, that sickness, be it spirit, emotional, physical, whatever it would be, God is able, well, we're still under the master's maintenance plan. There's a good service agreement, and he's going to take care of us. He created us, he redeemed us, and he can continue to fix us in every way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, tonight I want to continue to teach uh, on the Holy Spirit, and uh, we'll start out tonight. I want to share four things with you tonight, and I want to go ahead and get this up in front of you. Uh, Now, I use the term spirit. I know some people say Holy Ghost. Um, I'll be honest with you, and I'm 51 years old, but when I hear hear the term ghost, I usually equate it with other things. Casper, he was friendly, but, and ghostbusters and, and things like that. And I believe that in our vernacular, that connotation of ghost is, is somewhat dated, uh, and it doesn't really fully portray, and it's, it's King James language that we bring over. But out of the, the Greek uh, and the Hebrew, ruach and pneuma uh, are the original words there. They have to do with wind and breath and air. And it has much more to do with the idea of spirit because when he breathed into us, what did he breathe? Spirit. He had created and formed this body, Genesis chapter 2. And then when he breathed spirit uh, into him, he became living. He became a living being. And so it's the spirit that gives life. So I am much more comfortable with, and I think the majority of people are much more comfortable with, the term Holy Spirit. Uh, That doesn't mean that somebody's wrong if they say Holy Ghost. But I kind of get a kick out of it that when people say Holy Ghost, they kind of change how they talk a little bit. And it's the Holy Ghost. You know, there's just something that goes, goes with it. And what I'm trying to do is to de-spookify. Is that a word? It is now. Write it down. I'm trying to de-spookify the Holy Spirit. And for us to see what a normal, if I can even come close to that word, uh, occurrence it should be that the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And uh, so we're going to talk about that tonight. But that's part of the reason why I use the, the word spirit. 
It's raining outside, so we're going to stay a good while. Okay. All right. But the Holy Spirit. All right. Hope your windows are up. All right. In John chapter 3 and verse 6, and I'll read this from the New Living Translation. It says in the New Living, it said, humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And your, your translation may read, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so I want to read it again in the New Living, if you put it up again, Terry. It says, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So when we're born again, are you born again tonight? And if you're not, tonight would be a good night to get born again. You've already been born of the flesh. Little Gavin was born of the flesh. All of you were born of the flesh. You have to have flesh to live here. It's your earth suit. Okay? And so we have to have that. But that which is born of the Spirit, or I love the way the New Living brings it out... But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So that's when you get born again. And that's when, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, when you're born again, that's when your spiritual life begins. So the first thing, and I'm not going to take a lot of time on this one. You and I are all, we are spirit born. So if you're born again, let me see your hands. If you're born again, scripturally, technically, you are spirit born. Everybody say, I'm spirit born. Which means this, your spiritual life, the spiritual part of you came alive when you were born again. There's plenty of scripture on that and we'll get into that in a few weeks. But I just want to... Better than a fire alarm. <laughs> I was just thinking that. All right, good. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. There's nowhere to go anywhere. Okay. Anyway, so, all right. So everybody say, I am born of the Spirit. So your spiritual life began when you were born again. And you're actually, you were regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Titus talks about it. Galatians talks about it. Corinthians talks about it. That it's a work of the spirit that you are born again. Okay. Now let's move on to the second part here in Ephesians chapter five, verse 18. The second portion of that verse says this, be filled with the spirit. Say that with me, be filled with the spirit. Now we may or may not have the verses. I don't know if we'll reset on all that or not, but be filled with the spirit. Say it one more time. Be filled with the spirit. Now, this is in the Greek because it's New Testament. So it's a Greek uh, present imperative. So it's a command, and you need to get this. It's a command not for a one-time thing, but a continuous and repeated thing. So it's actually a command in Scripture under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote that you are to be filled with the Spirit. It's literally this. Be being filled. Keep being 
filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in um, it's literally to keep on being filled with. So we do number one, be filled, because if you're to keep doing something, then you have to have done it at least one time, right? Have another nutter butter peanut butter sandwich cookie. Well, how can I do that unless I've had one to begin with? Okay. So if we're to keep being filled, then we are to be filled and then we are to keep being filled. Okay. And I want to, I want to fill this out for us a little bit here tonight. Um, to be filled, uh, is not the goal. The goal is to stay full. And that's why we have to keep be, keep being filled. The problem is not with the Holy Spirit. The problem is with these vessels. And I've illustrated this for you time and time again. How many of you have had a sense before, even emotionally and, and rationally, intellectually, you just feel so full of God? Come on, anybody. All right, good. And how many of you know that somebody then upset you? And you suddenly felt like it all drained away. The problem is not with the Holy Spirit. The problem is with us. And we have so many things pulling on us, vying for our attention, uh, problems, people, people problems. You know, you've got all of that going on. And so we have to keep being filled. The goal is not just to be filled. The reality is we have to keep being filled. And understand this, this is not a scary proposition at all. Now, let me go ahead and put this up here. We're not only spirit born, we are also spirit filled. Everybody say, I'm spirit born. Now say, I'm spirit filled. Now, and we are to continue in this. All this bothers me now. Okay. So... Born of the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. And it's not a scary proposition. And like I said, I'm trying to de-spookify the Holy Spirit. This is not a scary thing at all. In John chapter 14, verse 16, it says this. And I will pray the Father. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he... Abide with you forever. And we know that that Holy Spirit from the surrounding, uh, that helper from the surrounding verses is the Holy Spirit. Now, this word, another, it says, he will give you, the Father will give you another helper. Everybody say another. The word another. Can you all hear me okay? We're doing our best here. Okay. Um, Another is the Greek word alos. A-L-L-O-S. And what it means is the same kind, just like. So what Jesus was saying was he was our helper. And when he was here on the earth, he said this to the disciples. He said, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit won't come. But if I go away, the Holy Spirit will come. And when he comes, he will be another helper. He'll be just like the helper I am. Now, here's a literal rendering of this. It means this. He will do in my absence what I would do for you if I were physically present with you. Okay, follow this. Jesus told the disciples. 
that another helper is coming, one just like myself. And he will do for you in my absence what I would do for you if I were physically present here with you. I want you to think just for a moment if Jesus were with you, okay? I want you to think about today if Jesus were with you. Could you have asked Jesus to help you? Would he have been able to help you? What would you have asked him to help you with? Maybe to cheer up? Do you think he could help you cheer up? What about overcoming temptation? What, what about staying strong or having some wisdom? Could Jesus help you with that? Wouldn't, wouldn't anybody that's a believer, wouldn't, would they not want Jesus with them to help them? And yet for some reason, because man has taken things and driven them in ditches and gone to extremes and all of that, then people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be spirit-filled. I don't want to go to a spirit-filled church. I don't want to, you know, yeah. and, and we need to realize, no, no, the reality is, if this thing is done right, is the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. Part of the advantage, Jesus said, it's better for you, it's to your advantage that I go away, because then the Holy Spirit would come. Jesus could only be one place at one time when he was in the physical body. So he could only be with a group or an individual. He couldn't be everywhere at once when he was in a physical body. But now he is omnipresent. He's with you when you're at work. He's with me when I'm at work. He's, he's with you wherever you are and he made this big promise and he's able to keep it and i'll never leave you i'll never forsake you i'll never let you down and so the holy spirit get a hold of this the holy spirit is just like this is continuity of jesus whole message and purpose is he says i'm leaving but the holy spirit's going to pick up right where i left off and he's going to do even a bigger thing in each of you so everybody say i'm spirit filled and if you're not spirit-filled, tonight would be a good night to get spirit-filled. Because why would you not want full of the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God? And I'm very sorry that some people take that to extremes and make it what it's not and dramatize it and whatever else. But I'll tell you what, it's just the, it's the Spirit of Christ. He is the Spirit of Christ. He is the Spirit of God. He's the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of love. He's the Spirit of grace. I'll take all I can get. Come on, I'll take all I can get. So I would proudly say I'm spirit-filled. Now for some people that connotation, really. And I want you to know this is a spirit-filled church. And we're trying to do things the Bible way. And I've said this as we introduced this series. If you'd never watched Christian television and had never been to church... And had never talked to anybody and you'd only read the Bible. Then you would, you would want the Holy Spirit so much. You would expect so much of the Holy Spirit. You'd say, how do I, when do I, where do I? Because I want him in my life. And then to find out that we can be not only have an experience with him, but that we can be filled. Amen. All right. Good deal. Now. To be filled initially, and I'm not going to go a lot into this tonight, but to be filled initially, and there's different terminologies to receive the Holy Spirit, baptism in or baptism of the Holy Spirit. Understand that that is not just an automatic happening, okay? And I want to read this like I wrote it. It's not just an automatic baptism uh, uh, happening. 
Just like water baptism does not automatically happen once you get born again. I mean, that just doesn't automatically happen. How many of you have gotten born again? Well, then you should also, how many of you understand it's scriptural that you should also be baptized in water? And if you haven't been, we do it uh, one Wednesday night every month. And I think we've got one coming up, I think, next week. Next week or the week after. Two weeks away, I think. And uh, if the list is not full, because we can only do so many because we've got changing rooms and, and uh, y'all soak up all the water, you know. But, but uh, we go outside right now and get you a good sprinkling. But uh, they're actually supposed to dip you, bury you uh, in it. But this is the thing. To be filled initially is not an automatic thing. It doesn't just automatically happen. Let me explain it this way. It is a decision. It is a decision. It is a commitment. You commit to do something. And then there are practical steps of faith that you take. So to be filled with the Spirit, He will not fill you if you don't want to be filled. Well, I want to be filled. I hope you want to be filled. I want to stay full. So in the same way, a decision, a commitment, and practical steps of faith, the same is true of being baptized in water. The same is true of being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. And the same is true of to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what I'm saying to you is you don't automatically refill. Now, a spirit-filled person is easily refilled, but it's not automatic. Y'all with me? There's not some automatic pump and it's like you blow your cool or you get tired or you get run down or whatever. And it's all, hold on a minute. You know, it's not just going to come back. It is a commitment. It is something, practical steps of faith. It is a decision. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this. Now, we can and should live full of the Holy Spirit. Let me read this statement to you. No matter what your position is on when or how you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, it is clear that we must maintain the fullness. Now, I'll talk in a few weeks about how I believe Scripture shows. Now, everybody just relax on this. I believe that Scripture shows there is an experience subsequent to being born again that you can be filled with the Spirit or baptized with the Spirit. Some people say, no, it all happens all at once. There's no need to argue about it, but I'll show you some scripture and no reason to part ways on that. The whole deal is this. We all do believe this either then or here or here or here or here. We got filled. And it is very clear from scripture that whenever you believe that initially you were filled, you are to keep being filled. Everybody on the same page with that. Okay. Now. Uh, we can and and should live full of the Holy Spirit and don't be afraid of that. And let me say this too, and don't dramatize that. It doesn't mean that you have to have goosebumps, that you have to fall down, you have to fly, you have to do whatever. It does not have to be something that is dramatized. Uh, Different things happen at different times to different people. But the main thing is, uh, don't be afraid of this and don't make it what is not happening. Be, be, have integrity within yourself that it's an honest experience. Example, Jesus was the most spirit-filled man ever to walk on the planet Earth. And if you follow Jesus as I do, 
And by that I mean not only in life, but also in Scripture. I'm just about always reading in the Gospels in one translation or another to follow him, to watch what he does and how he responds and how he reacts and so forth. He was the most spirit-filled man ever, John 3.34. He had the spirit without measure. And he was never given to weird or bizarre behavior. And so it's okay. As a matter of fact, Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and who went around, who went around being really weird. No, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed to the devil. It was all good stuff that came out of the result of Jesus having the spirit without measure. It's been said this way. If you look for the Holy Spirit only in the spectacular, you're going to miss him. If you look for the Holy Spirit only in the spectacular, you're going to miss him. Are there times where he does spectacular things? Absolutely. Absolutely. But we don't make our doctrine out of that. The thing is, the bottom line for us is we are born of the Spirit and we should also be filled with the Spirit. If you're with me so far, say amen. Amen. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse 4. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In John 16, 13, it says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So the third thing is this. We are spirit-born. Y'all with me? Spirit-born. We are spirit-filled. And thirdly, we are spirit-led. We are spirit-led. You need to know that the Holy Spirit will lead you. He will guide you. He will counsel you. Um, The problem is this. We've got to learn to be more sensitive to his leading. How many of you have ever felt something before? Some people would use the word uh, premonition or prompting or whatever. How many of you have sent something like that before and you ignored it? And later you realized, whoo, that was right. Or you responded to it, you followed it, and you found out, oh, so glad I did. And I've even done some things before where I don't know the result. But I just knew that in trying to follow, and and don't get spooky about this either, in trying to follow that prompting, and he leads with peace. So that means sometimes there's great peace, and other times it almost feels like he'll withdraw the peace so that you know, oh, I don't have peace about this. I've had trips planned before. You know, tickets bought and reservations made and meetings set up and all of that. I've I've had trips before. And day before or even day of one time, I just had no peace. Just had no peace. Years and years ago, and we just drove by this the other day, um, church was very, very new. I saw Ben Davis a minute ago. Ben and Debbie were there and a bunch of other people were there. Early, early days of the church, some people in the church had a horse farm, had a big barn, and we were going to have a big picnic out there. And... We got all set up for it. And at the time, how many people did we have in the church? Maybe. Maybe 100. Maybe, you know, it it wasn't near what we had right now. And so we were just going to have a picnic and play ball and sing songs and everybody bring something to eat. And uh, about two days before that, and we had rented porta potties. 
and had some other stuff, you know, all lined up. And I, I told some of my guys, I said, I do not have peace about this. I just do not have peace about this. And they go, well, we already rented this and we did this and then we'll see if we can get our money back and, and whatever it be. I did not have peace. And a storm came through that we didn't know. And it, it, it tore up that place, knocked down some big old branches and everything else on the day where we would have been there. Now, I'm sure we probably wouldn't have showed up if the weather was bad, but I feel like the Lord just kind of showed us some things. And we are led by the Spirit. I said we are led by the Spirit. And we've got to learn to be more sensitive to that. I'll share some things with you in just a moment that will help you to do that. But to be more sensitive and and to do this, to try to obey Him. Now, if you were God and what you know of God's character... If you had a child that was trying to obey you, even if they were off just a little bit, wouldn't you still help them? Because their heart was, God, I want to do what you wanted. And they're sincerely trying. You think, you're wrong. I'm not going to help you. No, it's the heart that God is after. I said, it's the heart that God is after. And so in doing that, um, as we endeavor to follow him, he'll make it very clear. There's some things I'll, I'll tell the Lord, Lord, make this as clear to me as you can. First of all, because it's me. (laughs) I need it to be clear. Please make it clear. And whatever you show me, I'll do it. And and then learn to respond to that quickly. So we are spirit-born, we are spirit-filled, and we are spirit-led. Now, this is where I really wanted to get tonight. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. My little children, say that's me. For whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Till Christ is formed in you. Let me go ahead and write this up here. We're not only spirit born and spirit filled and spirit led. We are to be, look up here. We are to be spirit formed. Spirit formed. Everybody say that with me. Spirit formed. Now notice again, he said, I I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. That's a work of the Holy Spirit that Christ would be formed in us. In the message Bible, it says this, until Christ's life becomes visible in your life. Did you hear that? Until Christ's life is visible in your life. The New Living Translation says, until Christ is fully developed in your life. Um, people should be able to see Amen. Jesus in you. Amen. And it's not just a shirt. I love Jesus. Read your Bible, you know. No, there should, it should be evident in you. It should be formed. The word is morpho. And so it's like uh, forming, like metamorphosis. Something would change forms. But this is morpho. It has to take on the form. And that your life, his life is found in your life. This results in. You with me? Y'all are listening to the fact that the rain stopped. I'm glad. This results in fruit and character. When Christ is formed in us, there's fruit in our life. And it works in our character. In, In Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23. But the fruit... Of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 
And so the fruit of the Spirit, everybody say fruit. This is what I think the fruit of the Spirit is. And the Amplified Bible says this. The fruit of the Spirit, that is the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, peace, and so forth. To me, what the fruit of the Spirit is, is a description of the personality of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Don't you want those things to be formed in you? I mean, those things formed in a person, that's a person that you can see the life of Christ. That his life is being formed in you. And that is a work of the Spirit. In great contrast to the fruit of the flesh. Or the fruit of the world. It results in fruit and character, but it results from, and I want you to get this, this results from cooperating with the Spirit. Here's a number of ways that we cooperate. There's a number of ways also that we can become more sensitive to Him. You have to cooperate with the Spirit's work, you have to cooperate with the Spirit's word and promptings. Now, understand this from 1 John. Chapter 5, and we, we looked at this briefly when we went through the book of First John. That the Spirit and the Word are one. He will not say something to you that's contrary to the Word of God. Part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to remind you of what He has said. Part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to teach you these things. And He'll bring these things back to your remembrance. Y'all hear? And so... If I'm going to have, if I'm going to be spirit formed, if I'm going to start to have the fruit and the character and the life of Christ in me and coming through me, I have to cooperate. He's not just going to hold you down and, you know, change you. This is not just some kind of pill you take and you wake up the next morning and you go, bless you. You know, this is, this is something you have to cooperate with. You have to cooperate with his work. You have to cooperate with his conviction. I want you to start paying attention to this, that when you talk like you should not to someone or maybe an activity you involve yourself in or, or a thought pattern that you have, I want you to start to pay attention on the inside. Did it produce peace and joy? Or do I kind of feel, uh, and maybe you know what I feel, uh. you know who's making you feel that way? The Holy Spirit is convicting you because he loves you. He's convicting. How many of you, and I won't tell you the restaurant, but every now and then I've just got to stop there. You know, I'll be driving along and it's just like, oh, that'd be so good. I bet I could eat 10 of them. I still won't tell you what it is. And you pull in there and get a few of them and wolf them down. You're not even out of the parking lot and they're gone. And they taste so good. And then before you get to the next traffic light, you're like, oh. It's like you just swallowed some wet socks all balled up. You had a craving for them. Maybe you smelt them as you drove by. Oh, yeah. And you pull in there and woof, and then it's like, oh. I've done that before and I'll go home and I won't even tell Alicia. She'll go, you okay? No, I just don't feel good. What's wrong? Can't tell you. You know, and the same is true of some of the things in our life. 
And we'll get that, ah. And maybe you had the craving or habit towards something or desire or somehow got enticed towards something and then you realize, ah. And it's the Holy Spirit convicting you. You've got to cooperate with that. Cooperate with that. And every time you overcome that, he'll increase your peace and your joy. You also have to learn to be more sensitive to and cooperate with his promptings. With his promptings. Pay attention. Ask him early in the morning. Lord, order my steps today. Spirit of God, lead me today. Help me to know your voice. And you know what? You can know his voice. Because Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They know my voice and another voice they will not follow. But it's a matter of us tuning into his voice because there's so many voices out there. And we tune into that and follow his promptings. Ask him to help you. Sometimes I've said, Lord, is that you? Because I really want to make sure. That will help you in this. Also, praying in or with the Holy Spirit, your prayer language. We've been talking about that recently. That helps to tune your spirit so much because it's the language of the Spirit. And the more that you can pray in the Spirit. And uh, when we leave tonight, when we, I'm going to close the service here in just a little bit. If you want to find out more about that or have somebody pray with you concerning that, or we have material. David, you've got material there. We've got... Um, Booklets that you can take free of charge just to learn about this because it's one of the greatest gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. Now, I know some people, you know, lots of the devil. No, it's not. It's in the Bible. And it's a way to build yourself up in your most holy faith, a way to give thanks well, um, to pray out mysteries. It's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps you in prayer. It's like I said, let's just go with the Bible. Forget somebody that you saw all whacked out about this or that. Let's just do it the Bible way. Can I get an amen from the church? But praying in the Spirit just really helps you to tune in your your spirit to be able to cooperate and walk with the Holy Spirit and be Spirit-formed. And let me put it this way, too. And I picked up this term from, from Pastor Jack Hayford. And he talks about man and God walking in the cool of the day in the garden. And he says he believes that we were originally designed to have, and I agree with him, daily talks with God. Now, I believe that throughout the day you should stay in communion with God. But you've got to have a time, and I like the way it started at the very beginning, in the cool of the day. Which is before there's artificial noise and clutter and everything else. Early in your day, first in your day, to have a talk with God. Daily talks with God. Hear me? It's fellowship with him and share your heart with him. And and don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible speak to you. And don't feel like I got to read seven chapters today. You know, read seven chapters later, but early in the morning, make sure you're getting something that really speaks to you. Get in the Proverbs every day. Get you a good promise book or daily devotional book. Find some other books that will really help you along. Read a few pages. Meditate on these things. Think about these things. Ask the Holy Spirit to really bring something out to you. Sometimes I can't get past a certain verse. It is just so big and I'll just stop and read and think and read it in a couple of other translations. And then you can chew on that. Meditate on that. And have those daily talks with God. Make sure you're not the only one talking. Okay? Make sure he's talking with you. All of this will impact our attitude. How many of you could have used some attitudinal help maybe in the last year? 
It'll help your attitude. It'll help your virtues. It will help your strength. It will help your priorities. And it will help your behavior. It will impact your relationships. And it will impact your fruitfulness in life. Because you know what? The Spirit is forming in you the life of Christ. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, and I'm almost done here. Galatians 5 verse 16 in the Amplified Bible. But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. Get this part. Responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. So, follow with me right here. Not only spirit-born, follow carefully on this, not only spirit-born, not only spirit-filled, and I know a lot of people through the years that were spirit-born and spirit-filled, but they were not spirit-led or being spirit-formed. Can I tell you the result of that? Spiritual pride, spiritual ignorance, inconsistency. They tend towards strife. They tend towards discontentment. And you cannot stop here. You cannot say, well, I'm born of the Spirit and I'm filled with the Spirit. Goody. You've got to be led by the Spirit. And you've got to be being Spirit-formed. So that the actual life of Christ is coming out in you. And this makes all the difference. Everybody say, all the difference. This is all the difference in the world. How many of you want to be more cheerful, more consistent, less prideful, less messed up? Come on. And the list goes on. Then don't, I implore you be spirit born. I implore you be spirit filled. But those are the givens. Now, this is a year of growth. I'm going to tell you how to grow now. You ready? Take that next step and be spirit-led. And be spirit-formed, which is an ongoing process as well. And you know what's going to happen? The personality of the Holy Spirit is going to start to be formed in your life. The very life and power of Christ starts to be formed in your life. And you won't be prideful. You won't be strifey. And you won't be inconsistent. You won't be all messed up about stuff because I tell you what, he's the spirit of truth and peace and grace and he'll be forming all of that in you. And this, friends, this is the difference. Now, if you're not spirit filled, get spirit filled and then all of us stay spirit filled. Keep on being filled. How many of you admit that you leak? Keep on being filled. And then as a result of this, then, then I can be led and I can continue to be spirit formed. And let me just read these last few things and then we'll, we'll close out. Oh, you're already there. <laughs> be filled and keep being filled with the spirit. Consistently cooperate with him as he works in you to form Christ in you. And then he can do more through you. And I hope you know this. Your purpose in being here on earth is not just to be blessed. It's to be a blessing. 
And if you're just trying to live in miracles, it's better to live in the blessing. It's better to live in the blessing of God and allow Him to do this work. Everybody say, I'm spirit born. I'm spirit filled. Okay, now here's the real faith part. Say, I'm spirit led. And say this, and I'm spirit formed. We've got a little bit of work to do, but here's the wonderful thing. He's our helper. He's our helper. He wants to do this in you more than you even want it done. And as soon as you just start to get a glimpse of the blessing that will be in your life and through your life, you want it more and more and more. Amen? Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? All right. Good deal.